Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. Give me a beat. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Banner Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the Internet. And this is BBQ Center. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. It is the home of the 2016 NBA champ Cleveland Cavaliers. And currently home to a bunch of people that don't live here for the RNC. Or perhaps I should say. Soon enough it'll be over, Clevelanders, and we can regain our humble city. Hey, happy you're aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you would care to, greg at the BBQ centralshow.com anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website the bbq centralshow.com and here's what's going in case you didn't get the newsletter here's what's going on tonight i should say i don't want to be too brief 
At 9.14 or 12 minutes from now, your third Tuesday of the month guest. We missed him last month, mostly because of my scheduling conflicts. He is a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Famer. Stephen Reichlin joins us. At 9.35, we'll be joined by a guy who's in the business of barbecue. He's also a competitive barbecue cook. Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled through South Bend, Indiana this past weekend. He won it and moves on to Madison, Wisconsin. Regional Finals, Richard Parker of IBQN at the Barbecue Superstore stops by to check out or to recap what happened this past weekend with him and his team doing very well. And then we'll move to the second hour and at 10.14 through the balance of the show, I posted on Facebook earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, about who would love to do a roundtable or who would want to take part in a roundtable on this show about the cost of competition barbecue, how that relates to the teams that are currently in competition barbecue. Are there barriers of entry now into competition barbecue, encompassing items as well? And I got so much reaction on the Facebook post that I decided to scrap the second hour's original idea and go with this roundtable, and perhaps it's going to be an ongoing one here every couple of weeks until everybody feels like they've gotten their shot and their say. So we will have the first cost or uh, cost of doing business in competition barbecue roundtable. 1014, it kicks it off. Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli will be in. Bill Minahan from Q and a Half Men. And Brent Richardson from Slabs of Approval, all slated to be on the panel this evening. So I'm really much looking forward to talking with them. 216-220-0966, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. That's how you jump in. If you are watching the show live, if you're listening to the show live right now, if you are watching it on Facebook live right now, which has proven to be a huge asset, it's not for everybody. Trust me. It's not for everybody. Just because you can Facebook Live stuff, don't just think it green lights everybody to just hit the live button. I've seen you people hit the live button before. It's not that great. <laughs> really. A <laughs> couple different websites. Uh, obviously, my Facebook page. You can go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com for the live video feed. You can get it on Roku if you have Outdoor Cooking Channel app in your IP television platform. Download it. You can get the live stream right there. Of course, audio on my website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. So a veritable cornucopia of ways to consume the show live. And then, of course, you can subscribe uh, to iTunes, Google Play for the podcast, which is how the majority of people get it anyway. So, hey, if you're doing it on Facebook Live, I apologize. I don't have anything up on Facebook right now to watch the comments or if you have any questions or anything like that. I invite you to jump on to the Outdoor Cooking Channel chat stream if you want to and then watch it via Facebook but have access to the chat, things like this. Many different ways you can interact with the show. Chad Ward mentioned it previously to this show on his show, Whiskey Ben Barbecue in the Pit. Folks, it's all the rage right now, and I think it really wants to be all the rage for all the right reasons. However, talk to me about Pokemon Go. Pokemon, everybody's got Pokemon Go, right? Men. Men. 
if you're looking to prevent yourself from ever getting laid, either for the first time or again, this is the game for you. Become so engrossed in this game that the next time a super hot chick approaches you and is looking to hook up, she asks what you're doing, and you puke back, I'm playing Pokemon Go. You do realize that you have left her with no other alternative than to call you a douche, and then she's going to leave and leave laughing in your face because you are playing Pokemon Go. Do you men see yourselves playing Pokemon Go? Do you realize what Pokemon sounds like? Yeah. As Chad said, you a grown-ass man having reverted to playing some type of lame-ass geocaching game on your phone, running around your town to discriminant areas of your city, or should I say indiscriminant areas of your city, to capture or fight or whatever it is you do in this game with objects that don't even exist in real life. Guys, if you look up how to guarantee you don't ever get laid, this is the very definition it lists. No lie, I just looked it up before the show. How to guarantee I don't get laid, play Pokemon Go. Women, from a high level... It's really no better for you, except men always want to get laid, and they will look past almost anything to achieve that goal to any end. 99% of men will look past a woman who wants to play Pokemon Go. But it's not like that for men. No woman wants to tell her besties that her boyfriend or husband or whatever you are, man, is really awesome at Pokemon Go. (laughs) They're not going to say, they are going to brag about that to their friends. If you're the best Pokemon Go player and you're a man, nobody gives a shit. Quick heads up, guys. If your lady has already told you how cool it is that you play this game and that you're awesome at it, breaking news, she's already getting it from someone else, a real man. Get ready for the bomb to drop, folks, because it is on its way. You can thank me later for that heads up. Stop playing it. Stop chasing a Pokemon. I don't even know if, if like, Pokemon is one of the things that you're chasing or if it gets, like, way more loose than that or what. What I do know is that I see you around the town looking at your phone Walking into traffic, Google Pokemon Go injuries, you will find people walking out in the middle of the street, showing up at strip bars, showing up in the front of other people's homes. Look, where I come from, if I don't know you and you are rolling up on my property, there's a very good chance that your odds of getting shot have increased 100%. And saying that you're chasing Pokemon isn't going to make it for me. I'm sorry. And I understand, much like liquid smoke proliferates barbecue sauce that's out there on the shelves today, millions of people are playing Pokemon Go. But men specifically wear disguises, dress up like women or little kids or something. 
Don't go out as a man and play Pokemon Go unless it is your singular goal to never achieve the getting of the laying again. Bottom freaking line. Stop it. Who are you telling you're good at that? Boss, uh, I got to take the day off work. Got to go play some Pokemon Go. I'm taking vacation to go do seven days of straight Pokemon. Get a regular GPS. Do the old school geocache. Way more cooler. Who are you telling Pokemon Go? <laughs> That's outrageous. Let me tell you what's also outrageous in one of the best ways ever. The CHOPS Power Injector System, the 2015 and 2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year, thanks to the National Barbecue Association. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. The first one is the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System, designed for competitions or the Backyard Warriors. So easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three-plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon CHOPS power injector system is designed for the bigger catering jobs. Holds double the amount of the half-gallon. So if you're going to do the MBN whole hog, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one, comes with 14-gauge needle, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three-plug screws, and a needle protector. 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then the electric one. The full power injector system. Not a holding tank list uh, this time like the other two. This has a three and a half foot pickup tube you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again when pressed that the CHOPS power injector system has made his briskets better than ever. Better than ever! It comes with metal needle adapters, 14 gauge needles, 3 inch 12 gauge needles. 2-inch, 11.5-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pit masters are using this CHOPS power injector system every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in a foodie world, Central Lights. This is how you get flavor in every bite and how you do it quickly. Plus, not just for meat, alcoholics on board. You can infuse alcohol into fruit or other such whatnot, depending on whatever your way to consume it is. Not just for injecting meat. Every injector, handmade in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. They got all the accessories that you want. They have ways to make your CHOPS power injector bulletproof by using metal needle adapters. You can shoot big ground spices with special tips. Get in touch with them right now. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. CHOPS power injector system gives your barbecue some power. We're back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. 
This segment brought to you by Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, 31 cities, 500000 in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. This weekend, the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolling into Woodbury, Minnesota, or Woodbury. This is a local qualifying event to keep up with the Sam's Tour results. See where the next event will be. Oh, to register your team to compete. Maybe somebody drops out. You never know. You can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour, and you can be off and running. All right, my first guest the third Tuesday of the month is none other than prolific barbecue and grilling cookbook author and barbecue hall of famer Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Okay. Well, uh, fighting the technical bugs every once in a while here on the show, but uh, nevertheless, always appreciate the time uh, that you give to the show here each and every month. So uh, a couple of different places I wanted to run with you uh, this segment, Stephen, uh, not the least of which, of course, is uh, you do it, is it once a year or twice a year, you have that barbecue university out there at the lovely resorts, and uh, it's kind of a... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think it was uh, maybe a month ago or so, you had done another barbecue university. How long have you been doing barbecue university? Boy, you know, it's been about 15 years, and I started at the Greenbrier Resort in Colorado Springs, uh, and uh, moved to, I'm sorry, the Greenbrier Resort in White Sulphur Springs, and then moved to uh, the Broadmoor uh, in Colorado Springs. This was our seventh year at the Broadmoor. Gorgeous location. Uh, it's a, a huge uh, turn of the last century resort, and our classroom is in a mountain lodge. Uh, we've got a state of the art indoor teaching kitchen, overhead video. And then a huge burn area. I think we're up to about 40 different grills and smokers this year. As far as uh, class or clientele that you're getting, um, is it all ranges? Is it people that you would see on competitions? Is it more of the higher-end folks that are you know, just kind of trying to learn a little bit about barbecue and grilling because they hear about it? What do you see you know, year in, year out? Uh, you know, it's extremely varied. We get people literally from all over the world. Uh, we get people who are very uh, serious about it. We've had private chefs of uh, celebrities uh, and, and, and moguls. We get clients that fly in on their private jets. Um, we also get, you know, firemen and teachers and uh, people who have never grilled before. But I would say in general, you know, our people are pretty sophisticated and they want to take their skills to the next level. As far as menu is concerned or, you know, whatever the syllabus is that you draw out for the next upcoming Barbecue University, do you have some standbys that you use each and every time or is it always varying? Do you like to mix it up and and use what's trendy at the time? What's your mindset there? Well, the uh, curriculum is planned with three goals in mind. I mean, first of all, I want to, there's a certain body of knowledge I want to teach. I want to teach all five methods of live fire cooking. Uh, I want to cover all the classic iconic dishes of barbecue, the ribs, the brisket. Uh, I want to do uh, dishes that you may never not, may never have seen before or experienced before. We do some extreme grilling. We do some classical grilling. This year we did a lot of smoking, you know, this being the year of Project Smoke, both the book and the TV show for me. Um, and we do every course in a meal. Uh, we have about, run typically uh, with about 50 people in the class. Everybody does a turn at the grill. Um, I always encourage people to pick, to volunteer for the dish that gives them trouble. You know, if you've always had problems with brisket, that's what you want to volunteer for. 
I would imagine that uh, if the expectation is right or not, that people get a lot of, uh, or people probably want a lot of your time. So how accessible is Stephen Reichland in this class? If you have, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 people in there, uh, how much of you is there to realistically go around for everybody? Extremely accessible. First of all, I start the class with uh, with a lecture demonstration. So the first hour, we go over the eight to ten dishes we're going to execute in class. Uh, I show the important techniques. I give the theory behind each technique. Then we go out to the burn area. I run through how to operate the various grills and smokers we're using that particular day. By this time, I've divided people into teams. Each team executes one or two or three dishes. And I circulate from team to team to team to team. We all come back at 11.30 to uh, bring the dishes in that we've made. Uh, then comes a very important part of class. It's the presentation moment where uh, we've been working first as a group and then kind of in individual teams. We come back together to group to set out all the food and we are composing the presentation table as a whole meal, not sort of this is my dish, this is his dish. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, of course, uh, projectsmoke.org, another website, uh, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. Uh, one last question as far as Barbecue U is concerned. When you first started it, did you think 15 years later or so that this would be something that is still as popular as it is right now, probably growing in popularity from when you first started? Uh, it's absolutely growing in popularity, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think I thought that. I don't know that I thought much about the future of it, but uh, I think it's kind of a perfect combination of uh, an amazing setting, a wonderful resort, a fantastic team. Uh, interest in barbecuing, grilling, smoking have never been higher. And this is a place where you can have a really terrific vacation and also learn uh, very serious skills. I take the planning of the curriculum very seriously. I mean, there's a final exam, there's a oral exam, there's a written exam, people get diplomas. So uh, I really try and structure it so that people will go home learning uh, useful, actionable skills that they can put to into practice right away. Stephen, in regards to Project Smoke, uh, last year it was the unveiling of the TV show. You filed that up with a book uh, entitled the same thing, Project Smoke. Now a New York Times bestseller list inclusion uh, in June. So uh, obviously congratulations on that book. And and you're certainly not, uh, it's not uncommon for you to have great success with books. I mean, that's kind of like the the claim to fame almost with you now. So having yet another successful book uh, get out there and going through various printings and so forth, and having that labor of love, maybe putting this book together, uh, how does that smack you being, you know, a, a New York Times bestseller? Um, well, it's um, a wonderful uh, culmination to a lot of work. You know, um, book writing—it's—it's uh, it, it's a hard thing. It's the hardest thing I do uh, in the course of my professional life. It takes a long time, particularly the book like Project Smoke. There's a lot of details because every smoker operates differently. There are recipes that need to be tested. I do a lot of travel to research my book. This one took me to six countries on two continents, uh, you know, probably a million years, researching a million years of human history. And so when it comes out and it's well-received and you get things like the New York Times uh, bestseller list, you know, it just makes you feel like uh, the work all paid off. 
Do you have a bit of, uh, I don't want to say disdain, but a little bit of uh, of an axe to grind for the folks that kind of jump into the barbecue book writing world that almost make it seem like they're also going to six different countries and 36 different states and talking with these pitmasters, doing their own research like almost a journalist would, but they're really just kind of reaching out and making a phone call or asking about this kind of a style and then putting a book together. I mean, that almost, that's really not the right way to kind of go about doing a barbecue book. And it doesn't seem like that's any way that you would go about putting together a book. You log the miles and the countries and the passport stamps and all that. Um, you know, I enjoy what I do. I'm having way too much fun and uh, way too much fascination doing what I'm doing to sort of worry about what other people do and how they put books together. Uh I do it my way if it pleases people and I can enrich people's lives and, you know, make people's lives a little better, then I, uh, that makes me feel terrific. Project Smoke is now in its second season on the television, and this weekend you're doing an episode on, you know, forget about the low and slow, we're, we're going to hurry up and, and cook ribs. So on the high level, oh my, it's sacrilegious. But look, I mean, we all have time constraints nowadays. Nobody knows that more than me with the kids and the sports and all that other stuff. So talk to me about the concept of forget low and slow ribs when you can cook them in an hour, hour and a half or something like that. Well, again, this sort of comes from my travels around the world's barbecue trail. And uh, many countries, uh, I'd say actually probably most of the countries and grill cultures in the world, there are no lids that go on grills. So whatever you cook, however you smoke it, it, it it's designed to happen fast. Uh, in Italy, if you think about mozzarella fumicata, smoked mozzarella, I mean that is a process where the mozzarella is smoked in maybe six to eight minutes and it's smoked with hay, which gives you dense clouds of fragrant smoke uh, almost instantaneously. Uh, and in Canada, I picked up a really cool dish in Quebec where you grill a steak over a charcoal or wood fire. The last 15 seconds, you throw a uh, branch of uh, a spruce branch on the grill. You place the steak on top of it. The hot fire burns the spruce needles and releases all those spruce, spruce oils in a cloud of fragrant smoke, which sort of instant smokes the steak. Um, so I guess, you know, for me, I, I'm always thinking kind of, um, I'm always trying to find something different, the exception to the rule, the dish you've never thought of, the unusual offbeat dish. I mean, that's why I smoke desserts. That's why I smoke cocktails. That's why I smoke eggs. Um, because I'm always looking, yeah, I want to know how to do the brisket and ribs, but what else can you do with smoke? When you're cooking ribs in an hour, hour and a half, should one expect texture differences if they're used to doing a low and slow, or can you achieve similar end products? Oh, no, absolutely different texture. I mean, we prize in the barbecue circuit, we prize uh, ribs that are very tender and almost to the point where they don't really have much chew. But in France, for example, they'll take uh, baby back ribs and thread the ribs uh, on a rotisserie and spit roast the ribs. So then when you chew into that, it's the experience is more like uh, eating a pork chop. You know, you were, you were eating meat and you were feeling meat fiber uh, and crisp fat, but it's a very different kind of experience. There's a sauce that I saw you make, uh, and I was actually watching, I think it was last season's um, Project Smoke, 
a couple nights ago, and there was a uh, prickly pear barbecue mm. sauce, and I'd never heard of prickly pears before. I mean, look, I think you know me well enough, Stephen. My my palate is not overly cultured, as uh, we've come to find out over the years. So this hey, was. You know what I'm going to do? Uh, actually, my next book tour, I'll be out again on the road next spring. I'm going to put Cleveland down uh, as one of my stops. And you and I are going to spend an afternoon and e- uh, evening on a little food tour, and uh, we're going to bring that palate up to snuff. That'll be great. So one of the other things that I didn't really know about were prickly pears. Uh, you've made that into a barbecue sauce, but I guess you know, give me a little background about the prickly pear and how you used it. Well, I've done a lot of my ta- taping of a lot of my shows in southern Arizona. Uh, we taped in Tubac, we taped in Rio Rico, we taped in Tucson, and uh, in the desert. And there's a very practical reason, which is I'm trying to pick the area in the United States that has the lowest rainfall uh, in the country because it's an outdoor show. And, you know, we want, I mean, I'd love to do it up here in Martha's Vineyard, but we would never get 15 straight days of sunshine. Uh, and the prickly pear uh, cactus, it grows all around us. Uh, it's very much a part of the indigenous cuisine. And I always try and... Um, you know, I always try and look at what's growing around me. Like in season two of Project Smoke, in addition to the prickly pear barbecue sauce, uh, we smoked a mozzarella. And then I remembered a dish that I had in Positano, Italy, where it was smoked mozzarella sandwiched between lemon leaves. Well, it turns out in Palm Springs, that's a major lemon growing capital. So uh, one of our crew who lives in the area brought a, a, a uh, branches of fresh lemon, and we grilled that smoked mozzarella between the lemon leaves. I mean, that piece of it's really fun. You know, obviously a show like mine is very scripted, it's very planned ahead. It has to be because there are so many moving parts. But we do try and leave um, time for inspiration where we can sort of look at what's growing right off set and bring it in and use it. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, uh, projectsmoke.org, if you want to check those websites out here while we're chatting here for the next couple minutes. Stephen, I want to I want to diverge here for a second and talk about technology. And I was going through Facebook prepping for the show as I'm always doing whenever I have downtime. And here's Stephen Reichland on his deck uh, doing hot smoke oysters and uh, small neck clams. And it's it's not a TV production. It's you know not something that you're going to find anywhere else except on social media. So I guess the question is this: Facebook live streaming. As I said, I'm watching you last night. Talk to me about this medium, and I guess specifically Facebook, and where you see the benefits of something like this, and do you see any drawbacks? Um, I love Facebook uh, live streaming. Uh, I did it throughout the book tour, and um, I, I kind of, a, you know, I, I, this was the first time I did it on a book tour, but, you know, my barbecue life is so varied. And every day when I'm on tour, every day I'm seeing these incredible things. I'm either uh, eating incredible food at a restaurant or I'm seeing an incredible grill I never saw before. I'm doing a fundraiser. I'm doing a a, a talk. And I wanted to share this with my Facebook followers and my viewers and my readers because it's like it's not fair that only one guy gets to experience all this. You know, come along with me. I mean, my God, I'm typically in five cities in one week and in Every single day I'm doing something that, you know, is really cool if you're passionate about barbecue. So uh, I love the Facebook streaming. Uh, uh, part of it's, you know, one thing is frustrating about it, and that is you can't edit. So I did the oysters yesterday. Uh, they took about six minutes to smoke. So you see them going on, and I would love to have been at that point, like in Project Smoke, cut 
come back and here they are and taste them. But, you know, in fact, we've got live time, so you have those constraints. I think whoever was helping you was very good at being able to, to do the site because you see him going on, you kind of see him prep, you see him going on, and then, you know, five, six minutes later, you come back and you're opening the grill up, you're showing everybody, here's what you want to look for before you put them on, then you put them on and you're showing everybody, you know, the butter's boiling a little bit and this is the color you want. So obviously, as you said, it's not a TV production, but for what it is, well, last night I, was, I was very lucky because uh, I had Gwen Williams uh, over to dinner last night, and Gwen is our production coordinator on Project Smoke. So you know she knows her way around television. Uh, but if you watched me do the, uh, if you've been watching my streaming while I was on tour, I mean, sometimes there are people who are very good. Sometimes I just took my iPhone and said, "Here, you know, take this and hold it up and just try and follow me when I'm doing this." A master. So it's a very spontaneous uh, medium. It's uh, it's 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 really cool. The master of technology is Stephen Reichland. Uh, BarbecueBible.com and Project Smoke. Dot org. Stephen, I apologize for the technical difficulty up front, but always appreciate the time, and we'll look for you again next month. Always a pleasure, Greg, and uh, look forward to it, too. Take All right. Care. There he is, Stephen Reichlin from uh, Barbecue Bible. There's, I mean, there's just no way. I, I'm going to tell you what I did because I believe in pulling back the curtain here on the show. I'm like, well, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. And I can see his mouth going, hey, well, I can hear you. No problem. Yeah, well, I guess at some point I put the friggin' thing on mute. Get that big stuff out of here. First time doing the show, ladies and gentlemen. Bear with me. Oh, my Lord. It's like a competition with myself to see how much I could potentially embarrass myself in front of people that are very high in the industry. That's fine. Let me talk to you about the Pit Barrel Cooker Gang. Okay? John Dawson just linked it up about five or six minutes ago. Put it back up there, John. If you're going to pull the trigger on a new cooker, I understand that it can be nerve-wracking. Temperature control, fire management, what wood to buy. Who needs the hassle? So here's what I'm going to suggest. Get a Pit Barrel Cooker. The Pit Barrel Cooker makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will be able to turn out the traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulder, and ribs spectacularly, while also being able to ramp up in temperature to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility in this item, all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection, their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the meat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, great-tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. In the industry, we call that consistency. Not only is a pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well, and it's built to withstand heat thanks to its porcelain enamel finish. The pit barrel is also able to stand up to any type of weather conditions. Extremely portable, folks. It can fit in most Vans, trucks, SUVs, it's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories. The pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From rubs to the unique removable ash pan to pit grips to turkey hangers, the hinged grill grates, there's a full line of accessories that will really complete your pit barrel cooking experience. Best part, $299. The pit barrel is fully assembled, it's ready to cook on, and... It ships to your door for free. Free. Zero dollars for shipping. 
Don't take my word for it. The folks at AmazingRibs.com gave the Pit Barrel a top 10 rating in their gold division. That's the highest rating. Not once, not twice, but three years in a row. They've also said, quote, we're running out of good things to say about this simple, affordable smoker. There's nothing else like it on the market. Close quote. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of high-definition, short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great ser- Find out what great customer service is all about. PitBarrelCooker.com. All right, uh, we're back with Richard Parker from the Barbecue Superstore to talk about Sam's Club right after this. Stick around. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturer of some of the best pillow cookers out there on the market today. If you need a really big one to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, they can hook you up there. Something to take on tailgates. Sure, no problem. They can also supply you with pellets as well. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours as well. Visit the website. Check them out. All right, joining me now is someone who rolled through Great... Where is it? South Bend, Indiana. I think I was going to say Great Bend. Six teams move on to the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final for Sam's Club. This guy took the whole damn thing this weekend. The pit master of IBQing at the Barbecue Superstore, Rich Parker, joining me here on the show. Rich, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Rich. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And uh, I guess before we get into the uh, you know high-level stuff of Sam's Club this past weekend... Uh, for the folks that you know maybe aren't familiar with you or the store, you know, talk to me a little bit about kind of your background and how you got in the whole competition barbecue scene. Well, I started barbecuing. I started barbecuing back in uh, 2008 in my backyard, and ended up uh, taking a barbecue class. Scotty Johnson's uh, Cancer Suck Chicago in 2010, and it kind of hooked me. And I started in 2010. And I opened up with my business partner, Mark Rasmussen, the barbecue superstore.com in 2012. And we've been hitting it strong ever since. So when we look at this past weekend, obviously Sam's club as a whole seems to be growing each year. There's a lot of excitement around it every year. Uh, Obviously there's a little bit of the uh, hurdle on point of entry when you're registering, but once that's over, everybody's looking forward to, getting through the local, going to the regional, and then hopefully making it into the finals in Bentonville, Arkansas. You were in South Bend, Indiana this past weekend, uh, winning grand championship, but as you look overall on the weekend, you know how did the cook go, and was there anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with that you weren't planning for? Um, the cook went pretty well. I, um, 
everything went as planned. I, I hit all my marks. Um, I was very happy that the judges liked the food as much as I, as much as I did. Um, that's really all you can ask for. Um, Sam club, Sam's club events, um, sometimes can be a little bit of a challenge with the judging. Um, cause it's usually a first come first serve on the judges. So sometimes you can get a little bit crazy scoring, but, um, good food always wins. Richard Parker joining me here on the show. TheBBQSuperstore.com is the website uh, if you want to check that out here while we're chatting it up a little bit. You win with a 676.5. Um, it goes out a little further in the decimal points there, but you know, good enough for this show. Uh, Six-point gap between you and reserve. So in competition standards, I mean, that's a pretty hefty win. Uh, I would assume hitting the marks and, and having a consistent cook you get uh, 11th in chicken, and I, I'm always kind of curious about that. When you don't hear your name in the top 10, does it set any kind of tone for you, or are you just like uh, you know a pitcher hitting a home run or you know throwing a home run to a batter and it's just next batter up? Do you care about categories, or is that kind of a big deal for you? Oh, absolutely. You always want to. You always want four calls. It makes it a lot easier to to try to, you know, determine if you're in the top five or the top six in the Sams. Um, but, I mean, we always have a joke that, you know, I'm 11th when you uh, <laughs> when you don't hear your name. And I was just lucky enough that I got 11th in chicken. So that one uh, pans out. You were 11th in chicken. Uh, sixth in ribs, sixth in pork, fourth in brisket. Uh, again, overall grand champion. So, you know, here's a good example of where having – a really high-level, consistent cook gets you the overall GC. You didn't win any categories outright, and aside from chicken, you were top six or better for every other meat. Is it safe for me to assume that on any given weekend you would kind of take that result? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In my first Sam's, um, I can still remember um, to this day back in 2011, I think I had three-fourths places in an eighth and you know i i take that you know four calls every week so the top six move on to madison uh are you just hoping when you're going into this that from a local level that you're just looking to crack the top six nut or is it for you guys uh you know a win it all costs or nothing attitude that you take to the event i mean worst case worst case i want top six but you always go to an event to win. If you can't think you can, you can't win. You, you shouldn't even go. So you and the rest so, of the, and, I'm sorry, uh, you and the rest of the top six moving on at this point. So you know, you never want to look through one cook to to get to the next. But I mean, you you are very experienced. You have a lot of years under your belt. Uh, you've won a lot of top level competitions. Do you feel confident that going into Madison that you're going to be able to advance down into Bentonville? Yeah, I, I, I you know, I kind of started cooking well these last three, four events, and if I can keep that groove going, cooking well, then, you know, I feel confident that I can do well in Madison. Okay. I just have to keep that, just have to keep focused and, keep on hitting my points and sticking to what I'm doing, and I think I can manage it. What kind of a cooker do you use? I cook on a Deep South 
It's a uh, GC28 model. It's a gravity fed. Is that something you graduated into at some point, or uh, have you always used that a, a similar style of cooker in your competition? No, when I first started off, I, I built my own drums. I cooked on my own drums for two, three years, and then I was approached by Deep South Smokers, they're a sponsor of mine, and um, the quality of the cooker and um, just it sold me. I thought they were just a, a, a great machine, and I just thought it would be uh, it would definitely improve my my. Uh, cooking abilities and i think it has richard so you know aside from the competition thing and you had mentioned it a little bit ago there at the top uh, you have barbecue superstore as well um with your partner how's that business doing for you guys it's great uh when we started it you know we um we kind of figured out we'd have 100 200 items and you know, it just kind of be a little hobby that hopefully, you know, we can grow it big enough to pay for some barbecue supplies, you know, for ourselves or pay for some of our competitions. And, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And every month when I look at the numbers, I'm just shocked at how much people spend on barbecue supplies. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, you're shipping them. You, know, you got people ordering from Italy every month and Denmark and you know, all over the place. And it's, uh, every, every week it's just, uh, it's very inspiring and of the, you know, owning your own business and, and seeing it grow and, and, uh, the world of barbecue supplies is just booming. Rich Parker joining me here on the show. Uh, the is the website. What do you see as being the most popular items right now? Are there two or three or four different things that you can count on kind of hitting the number every month? Uh, well, Blues Hog is uh, probably your number one barbecue sauce. And it's just I, that one surprises me alone. You know, I was just joking around with Mark how when we first started, we used to order, you know, 100 bucks here or there. And now we get two, three pallets every month and how much that how much people use of that sauce just shocks me and then uh um you know texas pepper jelly it's an excellent product he's got a lot of different flavors in his rib candies and that sells really well um mark and i recently came out with a few of our own seasonings called the executioner sweet heat rub the judge a garlic pepper rub and the general which is a general seasoning and they're all selling really well. It's just it's uh, it's always great to see the numbers every day for them. Rich uh, Tim Shop wants me to tell you that he knows that he's paid your last three truck payments. So it sounds like he's a big customer too. Then. So Tim, Tim Shop, uh, he does he does really well for us. <laughs> this is a great dovetail. So you know. Unless I'm incorrect, you do sponsor uh, barbecue teams to some degree? Yeah, we have about a dozen. So I get a lot of questions all the time, email questions. Greg, uh, you know, how does a team get sponsored? Or I'm looking for a sponsor. Give me your advice. So let me ask you, as somebody who sponsors teams, what do you look for in a team when there's some type of sponsorship being talked about? And typically, 
What is that involving from your side, and, and what are you expecting from the team side? Because it's a two-way street. Absolutely, and the the best part about it is when the team understands it's a two-way street. A lot of teams think it's just it's a one-way. Uh, what can you give me? What can you give me? And they don't understand that you know we businesses can't stay in business if they just keep giving everything away and they need to get something in return. And if a team thinks about it, what type of labor can I give that business to get these items for free or a reduced price? So they can kind of like, if they think about it as working their way for that, those, those products or that money, then, you know, they can think of ways of how they can work for that business doing what they do. And I mean, they, if I, if I sponsor, we'll just use Tim's shop, Tim's full belly deli. If Tim just goes to a contest and just sits on his hands and doesn't tell anybody about the barbecue superstore.com or their rubs or seasonings, he's not really doing anything for that sponsorship. And it, then that's just costing us money. We're paying him just, you know, kind of just sit there. But if he goes out and he spreads that word, like Tim does, Tim goes out and he gets new cooks and um, teaches classes and uses our products. And that's using his abilities of cooking abilities and teaching abilities to push, you know, kind of like working for those items. He's getting those items and getting kind of a, payback, if you will, and a sponsorship for pushing it. So, I mean, if teams really want to get sponsors, they need to be able to think about what they can give back to that sponsor for what they get. How, how are you setting up any type of a benchmark to be able to track if a team is kind of meeting whatever expectations you've set for them? That's very difficult. They... Um, <laughs> You get a lot of it by word of mouth. If uh, customers will constantly put in notes that um, Tim sent me or um, Jeff sent me or Caleb sent me, and and we we ask our teams to tell new customers to to say that, and we'll give them free things in their orders. Um, we'll give them little gifts um, for showing that and. You know, and that's that's a good way for our teams to show, you know, that they're sending people to us. If people put a note in there that um, Smokey Mo sent me, you know, that's a good way for us to know, you know, he's he's a good team for us to sponsor. And, and I do think it's important to point out, as you had mentioned, that it seems like the guys that are asking, I, I want sponsorship or how do I get a sponsor, uh, probably aren't willing to put in the work that you're going to be expecting as the guy that's sponsoring them. So, you know, if, if that's what you're really looking to do, make sure that if you're a team, you can bring value to somebody like uh, a Rich Parker for the Barbecue Superstore or somebody else that you think you want to get a sponsorship from and have a plan, pitch the plan, be able to work the plan. So you're building value for yourself, and that makes me more valuable as a potential person to get sponsored versus just asking for it and not have anything to tell you about. Right, Rich? Oh, that's absolutely correct. Most most people are stuck on, oh, I have to win, um, you know, Sam's Club, or I have to win the Royal or the Jack to get a sponsorship. 
that's not true. We're, there's there's a lot of winners of world champions out there that we probably wouldn't sponsor because um, it's just there's a lot more to it than that. Goes a lot deeper. Rich Parker is the pitmaster of IBQ and at the Barbecue Superstore. They won Sam's Club this past weekend in South Bend and moving on to the Madison, Wisconsin Regional that will be coming up here very shortly. Rich, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Greg, for having me. You got it. Good night. There he is, Rich Parker from the Barbecue Superstore. Again, the website, thebbqsuperstore.com. Uh, many uh, Rich was very generous uh, in years past here on this show, giving away like I think it was twenty five dollar gift certificates or whatever it was. So, uh, friend of this show, and if you didn't know, my man can cook some barbecue. Yeah, watch out! Don't sleep on Rich. He'll take your grand championship. Tell you all about it, uh, and tell everybody all about it on this show that next Tuesday. How about that? All right, folks, uh, let me talk to you about the easiest way to step up that barbecue and grilling game. Plus, also available for sale at the Barbecue uh, Superstore, Butcher's Barbecue. We all know Butcher's well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, the prime injection. Prime injection has combined all the things loved with their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've also combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Also available for sale. The Bird Booster. The Grilling Oils, which I think is probably uh, another 2016 barbecue product of the year. What makes them unique is their shelf-stable, of course, as I tell you about each and every week. So you don't need to keep it in the refrigerator to make sure it doesn't go bad or rancid or whatever descriptor you want to use. Just keep it right out there at the stove. Bring it out to uh, bring it out with you to the grill. You don't need to worry about refrigerating it. Just use it, use it, use it. You'll love it. Get all the flavors. Get Chipotle, get Steakhouse, get butter. Get a lot of the butter flavor. I love the butter flavor. They also have the go-to rubs and sauces, the old standbys, the honey rub, which I love, the steak and brisket rub. They have the new rubs, the chipotle, the pecan, the cherry, and the uh, Pitmaster Secret Triple Private Blend. All of them delicious. And then, of course, the sweet barbecue sauce. Look, folks, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. If I'm not making my own, my palate becomes discerning to the highest order. Butcher Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. It's not overly sweet. It says sweet sauce, but it's not overly sweet. It's got a nice slice of tang, right amount of back-end heat, not blowing your mouth out, but a little tickle to let you know something's there. For crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, didn't take the easy way out like most people do when they drop in liquid smoke. Makes it taste like everything else on the shelf. Who cares about that? Forget it. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Don't forget, if you've tried somebody else's commercial injection and you don't like it, you can send it to Dave. He'll weigh it and send you back some of his product in return. Hit the trade-in link when you go to ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you're uh, watching on Facebook, I have, I'm have. i trying to figure out how I can do this. If you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, drop a comment. And the first one to do, uh, the first one to drop the word BBQ Central in the comment box, uh, you get a free prize. How about that? Everybody likes free prizes. I'll get, uh, I think it time marks everything, so I'll be able to see who did it first. BBQ Central. I'll send you a free bottle of sauce. I got a bunch of sauce, a bunch of rubber, whatever. We'll figure it out. But I'm, I'm pumped up about Facebook Live. It's really doing wonders for the show in a lot of different ways. All right, uh, we're going to step away here, reload for the second hour. Don't forget... In the second hour, we have a roundtable to, deca- to talk about the cost of competition barbecue. Not to diverge too quickly, Angela Iverson's in the house. AI, what's up? She will be in a future roundtable to talk about the same subject that we'll be talking about here in the second hour. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate two feet before we nursed. So listen, Laverne, shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top. All right, just like that, we're into the second hour. Welcome aboard, folks. You found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We do it live, live each Tuesday from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City or the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Greg Rampey. Happy to have you. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me should you see fit. I got a lot of emails the last couple days saying, hey, stay safe. We need you next Tuesday and Tuesday's following. 
Stay out of downtown Cleveland away from the RNC. Dude, I get it. I get it. I'm not conducting business down there this week. There are cities southeast and west. I'm not going to get mixed up into that traffic debacle. Besides, who knows what hijinks and tomfoolery is going on down there. General hoodwinkedness running amok. Still to come on the show tonight in about 12 minutes from now, the barbecue round table resurfaces. Tim Shop, Bill Minahan, Brent Richardson all locked in for the panel to talk about the cost of competition barbecue. Very much looking forward to that. As I had mentioned, the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled into, that's wrong, but South Bend, Indiana this past weekend, a local qualifying event that feeds the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final. And the top six teams moving on are, of course, no surprise for Grand Championship. IBQing at the Barbecue Superstore. Reserve Grand Champ Smokin' Hookers Barbecue LLC. Coming in third place and a panel member here in just a few minutes, Tim Shops, Tim's Full Belly Deli. Fourth place, Chanabilly Barbecue. Fifth place, Big Brothers Barbecue. And sixth place, Hug Hogs. Again, 676.5. We rounded up. 676.6. Took it. About six points or so separating RGC and GC. And between one and six, you are looking at uh, 20 points. I'm sorry, 10 points. So uh, relatively close. A lot of people asking me in the chat if I was going to have anybody on downtown, uh, Republican-wise, on the show, and the answer is no. They're tough to get. I mean, you know, they made the nomination this evening, like right as the show was going on. So, you know, a lot of people tied up with way more important things than talking about barbecue on this show. I don't get it. I thought for sure if I would ask people, they would just jump right in. Yes, F this RNC. Let's go down to Greg's basement, jump in the studio, talk barbecue. For sure. I mean, I reached out to Melania Trump, and I heard nothing back. Nothing. She's got to be free. She won, yet she won last night. What is she doing? Come on down here. Let's talk barbecue. Uh, no Trump either. I told him... Uh, Donald, come to my show. It's going to be huge. He's like, hey, I'm very rich. F you. I was like, all right, I get it. No problem. Uh, Show note, show programming note for next week. Uh, There will be not a live show. However, I am constructing the first ever, and for video only, so if you're audio only when you listen to the show live, I apologize. It will be some replay. But if you tune in videoly through OutdoorCookingChannel.com or Roku next week, not Facebook, I will put together a best of two-hour show. So I'm going to find the best, you know, six segments that I've done so far this year and figure out a way to string them together, and we'll have a best of show. Worst case scenario, this show will play again uh, next week, but. I'm going to try for the best of show. I mean, you guys deserve it. Why not? So just a quick programming note there. 
I'm doing my uh, best Chad Ward imitation. This was making the rounds like wildfire. I think almost as the show was closing last Tuesday. So if you uh, are a fan of, or not a fan, but if you're a member of Meathead Goldwyn's AmazingRibs.com Pit Club, you'll get this in the news desk portion of the podcast that I do for him each week, every Thursday. You'll get this as the lead story. So this is almost like breaking news, breaking news. And I hate the you know run show from one to the next as far as stories are concerned, but this was really a hot one, no pun intended. Coming out of local, the numeral 8now.com, local8now.com in Knoxville, ten, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Here's the headline. Woman barbecues brisket and bathtub. Knoxville firefighters issue warning. Nothing. What? Dateline, Knoxville, Tennessee. According to Knoxville firefighters, a woman melted her tub after she tried to barbecue a brisket in it. In it. Investigators said water from the tub poured onto the neighbor's floor below. Fire Department Captain DJ Corcoran said the fire happened at an apartment on 4834 Shield Road. Corcoran said when firefighters got there, they found a middle-aged woman fanning light smoke from her apartment. She told crews there was a fire in the bathroom. Corcoran said the woman tried to cook a brisket in her fiberglass tub. She had an open flame in the bottom of the tub with a wire rack resting on the upper edges. The meat was resting on the wire rack. This lady's a professional cooker. We always say on this show, by any means necessary, we will cook our barbecue. And if that means we're going to go into the bathroom in our apartment and use our fiberglass tub as a burn pot, we're going to figure out a way to get kindling and light charcoal chimneys and get our smoke wood ready, and we're going to dump it all in the tub, put the wire rack over the edge, put meat on. Now, certainly there's nothing to close. So it's kind of like one of those South American style grills, I think, that Stephen Reichland was talking about, where you know there's no cover. Maybe she's used to that kind of barbecuing brisket. But while people want to sit here and reprimand and say, well, why would you? I am completely the opposite. This lady is showing barbecue passion. If there was any way I could reach out to her to get her on there and say, hey, how come nobody else is cooking brisket on their tubs? I would have her on to ask her that question. This is a barbecue lady through and through. And screw you if you can't get on board. If you want brisket and you live in an apartment and you don't want to braise it the old-fashioned way in juice and onions and carrots and all that other crap, you want real barbecued brisket... Anymore, you're literally forced to barbecue brisket in your tub. I mean, you are. Corcoran wrote in a press release, and I quote, Now, this may sound tempting and tasty. That means cooking a brisket in your tub. But now comes our public service announcement. This is not a safe practice, and over 50% of residential fires involve cooking. Firefighters said this isn't the first time something like this has happened. 
Before this, someone on the fourth floor of the apartment building tried to use charcoal grill in their living room to cook. To cook? Look, bringing a charcoal grill in the house to cook, now that is ridiculous. I mean, everybody knows that's dangerous. You're just inviting carbon monoxide poisoning into the house. Not only are you inviting, you are literally introducing it. You're like, hey, carbon monoxide, here's my house. Do what you will. I have a slight headache. I think I'm going to go take a nap for life. I don't know if I have to say this, but me championing the lady cooking the brisket in the tub, that was a joke. Don't cook brisket in your tub. Don't bring grills into the house. Also, what's not a good idea, using a charcoal grill to heat your house if the heater's broke. Don't do that. You will die. Worst case scenario, you'll die. Best case scenario, you'll just be really sick. The Barbecue Roundtable commences after I read this. If you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. Number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From the flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition. Period. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed into the competitive barbecue either. BPS rubs have become so well-known, they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain called BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. Four of the nine rubs are featured on their permanent menu. BPS rubs have proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. He's also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is known as the West Coast Offense. They defy conventional wisdom by cornering the market on competitive barbecue and redefining the flavor profiles that competitive cooks are aiming for. They also have the online meat locker. Big Papa's also created that unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country. Working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this with only six years of being in business. What's that, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Turning competition barbecue on its head. Providing customers with the very best barbecue products. Becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain. And benefiting children's charities across the United States. And they still say it's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Just the beginning? Wow. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Really, if you can't find it there, it's possibly not even available. So there you go. All right. We're loading up the barbecue roundtable table. Stick around. Tell all your friends the cost of competition barbecue roundtable getting ready to hit the airwaves. We'll be back right after this. Stick around.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Not going to void warranties. Don't listen to that BS. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Download their app, too. You'll love it. Tell you when you got great shipping prices from Amazon. CookinPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com. All right. I made a post about it. Yesterday, got a lot of action. Figured we might as well push whatever I had in the second hour for this evening and go right to the panel. So, let's go ahead and welcome in Tim Shop, Bill Minahan, and Brent Richardson to the cost of barbecue roundtable, gentlemen. I appreciate you uh, joining me this evening. And uh, so, before we get into the guts of the roundtable tonight, uh, we're going to go around the room real quick and, and do some introductions here. So. Please, when I call your name, state your name clearly for our court recorder. Uh, how long you've been competing and what cooker you're currently using. And we'll start with Mr. Full Belly Deli. Tim Shop, Tim's Full Belly Deli. This is our fifth year of competition cooking. And we cook on a Myron Mixon MMS 60 water smoker. All right, uh, Bill Minahan. My name is Bill Minahan. I'm with uh, Q and a Half Men. We've been competing since, uh, well, this is, we are in our fifth year. We cook on a Humphrey smoker and a Backwood smoker. And uh, Brent Richardson. Uh, Brent Richardson, longtime listener, second time caller. Uh, slabs of approval. <laughs> and we actually have a new smoker. It's a Pokeball, uh, just for Greg, because he loves Pokemon Go. No, we actually cook on a Lynx <laughs> smoker. And um, we actually, it'll be our 10th year this September. All right. Uh, so topic tonight, guys, is, I guess, on a high level, cost of competition barbecue. But I'm sure we'll diverge into some other items here as we move along. So let's go ahead with the first question, and uh, we'll start with you, Brent. On the average, how much are you spending to do an event? And please take into account entry fees, meat costs, rubs, injections, sauces, travel expense, incidental, incidentals, all that stuff. On the average, what's your cost per event? Per event average, I mean, I think we're running close to maybe $1,200. Easy. Um, I mean, I don't think, I'm probably not the only one, but I mean, I mean each entry fee is at least $250. Um, rub, sauces, wood, charcoal, easily getting up to close to two to $300 meat it's constantly fluctuating so that could be any number of you know cost any contest and that's and then gas i mean we try to keep it local we're only doing three this year so we've only done a local but still the way that gas is fluctuating it could easily be you know 40 bucks a tank tim what's your general cost uh, per competition 12 to 1500 and that's that's dependent now. He said he did three. We'll do 25 to 30 this year. We could do one 20 miles away, and we can do one 1,200 miles away. But 
entry fees between 250 and 350 if you've got a big trailer or if you need electricity or if you need extra water or whatever. And because barbecue's not gone the same route as stock car racing, uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you cook Snake River beef and Compart Duroc pork, what your costs are going to be. Uh, Bill Minahan, you're uh, you kind of in line with these guys, or are you above or below? Hey, Greg, um, I'm a little bit north of that. Um, our average cost over the past, uh, including our last competition, our average spend, our expenses are $2,110.80 average uh, over the past uh, five years, and that's uh, 64 competitions. All right, so uh, you, you've kind of answered that question, Bill, so let me stay with you uh, a little bit. Has the amount gone up since you've started, and it sounds like maybe over the last few years it's, it's remained relatively the same, but for those who it's been lower when you originally started, do you feel the increase in expense is getting you better results or putting you in a better position to win, or are you just paying more money? Uh, Bill, start first. I, um, we're right around the same. If I look at my numbers here, we spent about eight, in, in 2012, we spent $1,800 per contest. And then we were about close to 2013, 14. We spent about uh, 2300 But that's with going to the Jack and the Royal, coming all the way from Boston, Massachusetts. That's a little bit of a hike. So, you know, you can see those expenses going to Tennessee and also down to Kansas City. But, um, you know, they're they're I would say they're fairly similar. You know, it's we're we're spending between eighteen hundred and two thousand. Plus, I got a bunch of alcoholics with me usually, so uh, they drink a lot of beer. So my beer budget has to be about that's about about hundred hundred fifty to two hundred dollars a contest just for those guys. Uh, Tim, uh, questions to you. You know, when you had originally started, were you in a similar expense category, or has it raised? No, as, uh, I, I'd have like... to say I was actually a little. Uh, I was probably the same. Our twelve to fifteen hundred. Is probably right in line with his 2000 to 2100. I got some very good sponsorship, and I don't think anybody has the alcoholics hanging around their trailer that we do. Our, uh, <laughs> our sponsor last weekend gave us a six pack of 1.75 Jack Daniels that cost them 255 bucks. But we've had some we've had some good sponsorship. I would guess without the sponsorship, it would have gone up. I mean, we improved. We started out on two Traegers five years ago. And an easy up. We have a 40-foot toy trailer and an MMS 60. We have a commercial refrigerator. We uh, we use Snake River. We use Compart Durac. Um, you know, so the costs have gone up. I think what's changed this year is we've gone from four contests in Wisconsin five years ago to 18. Illinois has added contests. We're not traveling as much. I mean, we we anticipate going to we're going to the Jim Beam. We'd like to get our draw to the Jack. We won't be doing the Royal. And I, every winter or every November, we do a guy's night out. We do a guy's weekend out. We do uh, National Barbecue Cup and coming. But we've got to the point with sponsorship, we've been able to cut some stuff out. We've even got a sponsor for our paper towels. You know, um, it, it sounds like something small, but it really isn't when you have to go buy them every comp. Uh, Brent, expenses for you from when you started to where you're at right now? Uh, definitely, uh, actually, been about the same. Um, when we first started out, we were taking a lot of stuff with us. Um, pretty much, it was a truck and a half full. We've actually brought it down, but still, I mean, we have a couple sponsors, nothing too big. Um, but still, we're doing like Snake River, and we're, I mean, 
compared to what we were doing when we first started. We were doing, you know, Sam's Club briskets when we first started, but now we're doing Snake River. Um, we were actually doing more meat, actually, when we first started. Uh, three or four slabs of ribs, two of the big meats, but now we're only down to one, and then two, two slabs of ribs. Um, but as time has gone on, we've gotten to where there's more... Um, it's higher price on the meat because it's better meat. But I would say it's about the same, for sure. Bill, let me ask you this next question first. Uh, evolution and change, certainly part of any business or industry or sport for that matter, and I think we can all agree on that. So in your opinion, what evolution or change has lent itself to being the biggest hiker in expense, and is it worth it? <laughs> I, I guess the biggest hiker in the expenses, um, and, I, and when I got in the game five years ago, I mean, everybody was doing it already, so it wasn't really a big hiker for me, but I think the biggest meat cost is the Wagyu briskets. I mean, they, 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 they croak you. The, the high-end briskets at 300 plus, 250 to $300, if you cook two of them, uh, we, we're fortunate. We only, we can only afford really even to cook one of them. So, uh, but those Wagyu briskets, they're, they're, they're steep, they're expensive, and if you want to win, you got to cook them. Uh, Tim, uh, biggest single expense hiker since you got into the sport? Equipment and meat. Uh, awesome. I, I mean, we we try to do it right. We we watch for the little discounts that Snake River puts out. We order six at a time to take take advantage of the nineteen percent. Uh, we've gotten better at trimming our meat. We went from an eighteen to twenty pound brisket to a fourteen to sixteen. So we're down to six briskets is going to be about a hundred. I think it's eight hundred thirty-two dollars, so one hundred forty bucks a brisket. We do cook two briskets, only because we do a lot of catering, and uh, we got a lot of people that want to buy it. We cook four butts and we cook six racks of ribs. We've got a sixty-inch smoker. Wow. It doesn't go to waste, and uh, we've got a very good meat sponsor. We've got a very good. Barbecue Superstore is probably our, our biggest sponsor. They've been very good to us, and uh, we're lucky. Sponsor, sponsorship is the name, of the name of the game. But like they said, five years ago, we went with two Traegers, a 10-foot Easy Up, and a 12-foot utility trailer, and we slept inside on two cots. Now we got a 40-foot <laughs> toy trailer and a Dodge Dually pulling it, and, and we've got better equipment. Um, I, I think... It's not a job, and it, it, it's not a business. I mean, some people make it a business. I think if you're doing this to make money, you might as well throw a block party and feed your neighbors for free. I think it all depends on what you, what you want to do and what, what your passion is. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to get rich, but I think that the change in some of the comps, like we've changed in the Midwest, has helped you to get some of your money back. Uh, Brent, last qu or this question to you, your last one answering it. And, and I think you probably have a unique perspective as well because not only are you competing on your own, but uh, your mom, uh, the pimp, obviously have been doing it for a number of years as well. So you kind of grown up in the competition scene. So uh, what do you think the biggest hiker in expense has been in the competition scene? It's definitely had to have been meat. I mean, going from what we were cooking in the beginning 10 years ago – uh, it's definitely not equipment for us. We saw the same tents we've had for the past 10 years, uh, holes in them, looking 
up at the sky and all that, sleeping in the back of a truck. I mean, we don't have a trailer or anything. We're just, we're, you know, we're roughing it. But it's definitely been neat. Uh, I mean, I would say about four or five, five years ago at least, they were like, you know, people like, oh, we're cooking Wagyu's. And I was like, man, that's, you know, God, those are expensive. But here I am cooking Wagyu's now. I'm just like, well, you know, just join the club. You know, why not? So it's um, working for everybody else. Why won't it work for me? Brent, is it is it a matter of the the extra expense is worth it, or is it that you feel you need to do it in order to give yourself the best shot at winning? I mean, it's a little bit of both. Honestly, I mean, I feel as though if I spend this much money, I might have a better shot. It doesn't show. That's for sure. I will go ahead and say that. But I feel feel as though you have to adapt. And that's exactly what's happening is all these winning teams, they say they're not using Wagyu, but they are using Wagyu because it is a better meat. And I've noticed that switching, in my personal opinion, I've noticed that my cooking with the meat has been a lot better for sure. So, Bill, do you feel the same way? Is it is it an expense that is worth it or do you feel like you have to do it? No, I, I think it is worth it. I mean, I believe as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I believe in the three P's, which is people, product, and process, and, and product is one of those things. So uh, I have to start out, to be successful, I have to have the best possible product in front of me and cook with those things, whether it be butchers or fab or whatever injection you're using or sauces that you're using, I want to use the best that's out there that can give me and set me up to the, be the most successful in the investment that I'm making. You know, and uh, and uh, I would spare no expense to keep me away from uh, a grand champion. You know, if, if it, I mean, I've I'd lost a contest a year ago today with uh, two one hundred so a point out, and if I felt that if I short sided uh, a purchase or I skipped something, um, I, I would be able to live with myself. You know, getting a just missing it by two one hundred so a point. Uh, Tim, go ahead and weigh in on that at the, at the last second. There is it a is it a, something that's worth it, or do you feel well, like you have you know, to do it? You know, you know my background. We started out uh, 2011 doing two comps and getting our ass kicked. You know, I made a phone call to Myron Mixon. We've become friends since then. I went to his class. The whole works. What he says on TV is true. He took a lot of shit five six years ago for spending money on Wagyu briskets. I can go to my local guy and buy a brisket for sixty bucks. Or I can buy one there for 125 and pay double. But we had a four-week stretch where I tested it, five-week stretch where we went third, second, 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 and averaged $380 in prize money each time. Well, $380 buys me three of those briskets. So it was worth it. I mean, if, if you're going to, you know, it's the old saying, if you're going to run with the big guys, you've got you to play with the big guys, you're going to have to buy big, you know I, I, I mean, you could actually look at barbecue going the same way as NASCAR. You know, you've got the super team spending all kinds of money, and, it, you, you know, technology gets better, meat gets better, process gets better, equipment gets better. And I think if you want to play, you're going to – there's always a place you can trim. If you can get a sponsor, you can save money on your supplies. If you pick and choose your contest right, I, I think one of the, one of the things that uh, – that we were against, and we've changed in the state of Wisconsin, is we'd go down south, they'd pay down the fifth in every meat category, they'd announce the grand and the reserve, and it was it. Well, as teams started getting better in Wisconsin, because we only had four comps, and then we got 18, and we went from about 20 teams to about 50, you had these teams that were doing well, 
and they they come in and they get a sixth and chicken and a seventh and ribs and a ninth and pork and a tenth and brisket. They'd end up third overall. They walked out of there with no money. And some guy with a Weber Smoky Mountain cooking his first comp got lucky and got a first and chicken and walked out of there with 500 bucks. We've changed the Wisconsin comps to pay down to fifth. And over 50 teams in a big contest, they paid on the 10th and everything. So that a guy walks out of there with a little bit of money or a struggling new team sees that they can at least get their gas money back. We're talking with Tim Shop, Bill Minahan, and Brent Richardson. Uh, Tim's Full Belly Deli, Q&A-half men, slabs of approval, respectively, here, talking about the cost of barbecue. And, uh, guys, I'm going to put you on hold here just for a second, and uh, I'm going to do a quick spot. We'll go ahead and pick it up, uh, and we'll reverse it a little bit. We'll talk about uh, competitions and, and people getting into it that are new and all that good stuff, so stand by for that. Uh, let me talk to you folks quickly about Cook Shack. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you're a barbecue guy in the backyard like me, or you're on the competition circuit like the guys I'm talking with here on the phone, or maybe you're cooking in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, Two blogs, a smoking and grilling 101, and a video classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on these social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and the Google+. Get advice, share your passion for their or for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack Pellet Fire Smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for the money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High-quality meats means durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in an oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drive Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962 Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website, cookshack.com. All right, we're back with more of the Barbecue Roundtable right after this. Stick around. Be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This is the Barbecue Roundtable, and we're talking about the cost of barbecue. Tim Shop, Bill Minahan, Brent Richardson joining me here on the show. Let me get to my right cut here. All right, guys, I appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. Uh, Bill, we'll go back to you uh, for the lead-in question out of the break, which is 
For teams that are looking to get into competition barbecue, do you think that with the TV exposure barbecue has gotten here over the last couple of years, uh, obviously some of the bigger events seeing uh, a bit more promotion than they have in years past, the big trailers, motorhomes, the premium meats, the expensive barbecue pits, do you think that teams feel that this is where they need to be to hit the ground running, or do you think they understand that there might be some time they need to invest before they buy all of that other stuff that we just mentioned? No, I, I definitely, I definitely think you can start out small. I mean, we were we were hanging out with a couple of guys this weekend. There's four four guys pretty much uh, just getting into the sport, and uh, they go out and cook. You know, maybe about three or four contests a year. And, uh, you know, they come up with their pop tent, they sleep on, uh, in tents and, uh, they, uh, you know, they, uh, they're not cooking, you know, they're buying the restaurant depot stuff and, uh, they're not spending as much money, but you know, they, they did a really good job this weekend. And, and as they, I think they, they build up their, their product and their processes and, uh, they start investing there. I mean, the reason why I, I have a 42-foot trailer, like I think Brent, um, it's really about taking the um, the the elements away. So taking one more thing, like the heat away. You know, this weekend we're out in the middle of a field of 95 degrees in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. It was roasting out there. That wears and tears in your body, mental fatigue, and all that stuff. So if we can go dunk it, duck into the air conditioning and sit in there for and it's 72 degrees and just watch TV and relax, it just takes – it's just one more element of – ability to get yourself reset and ready to go and compete in a way that the people that are sitting out there it's just a, more of a competitive advantage just because you have that competitive advantage doesn't mean you can't compete though i mean there's a lot of great people out there that were outside and they did fairly well um you know it's just it's just for us i just try to take all those elements away uh, tim your thoughts on the question oh i think he's exactly right and, and you know greg i've been on the show with other stuff we uh we're in a different position here with our weather. You know, we get six months, pretty much less like Boston, except we get the extreme cold. But we throw a, we want to get these guys started. We throw a cooking class, not all competition. It's everything in September, October. In fact, we're getting ready to announce this year's. We get these new backyard teams in, and we've given birth to 14 teams in the last three years. And what we do is in January, we hold a rib contest called Frozen Bones, complete KCBS with reps. The local reps do it for us. We get KCBS judges, timelines, the whole works, and we work with these guys. And then in February, we do a chicken one so they can get a taste of what competition's like. And then in March, if they've got enough teams, we take four four teams, Fox River Barbecue, T-Max, Smokers, Chefs, Con Grilling, and us, and we marry ourselves to these teams. Everybody pays a $250 entry fee. We've got a beautiful venue, and we cook. Full KCBS comp, those four teams are matched up with a pro team. We help them with their rubs, their injection, the whole work, sleep overnight, do the 922, the party, the whole works, uh, hold to the timelines, and the winner gets a, uh, the winner, the, the novice team gets a free entry into any Wisconsin comp they want and a couple hundred bucks. Then what we try to do here is, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a contest here, beautiful contest, and a campground cancel in January because they only had one team signed up. It was a May contest. I begged them to keep it and promised them they'd have their 25 teams. We got them 28 teams. Granted, I paid for the meat for one team to get in, a novice team. It was their first cook. Big E Barbecue paid for it. Uh, crash Test Smokers paid an entry fee. But we, we supported this comp. And we got the comp filled. Um, as you know, my one of my members of my team 
passed away the day after Christmas. My, my son-in-law, my daughter, in January decided to start a team with his best friend in his honor called Secondhand Smoke. Uh, they borrowed a Traeger from me. He got a $99 Brinkman from Home Depot, uh, an Easy Up, and a table from me. We bought his meats in his first contest. He got four calls in the top ten. Second contest, another team who was only doing two, three comps that basically retired, borrowed him his trailer, took the same smokers in an Easy Up, four calls, top ten. Uh, we paid for his meat to go to Green Bay last week for the double. He got a chicken call in each in each one. So we try to promote it. Do we dig in our pockets? Yes. And I understand starting on his bed, but these guys also realize they can compete without the big trailers. I have a big trailer for one reason. Uh, the glue that holds our team together is my wife. And if she ain't got a shitter, a shower, and a TV to watch while she makes boxes and sauce, we ain't got a team. So she bought the trailer. I have no trouble sleeping under the stars, but it's a nice convenience, just like he said. It keeps you out of the weather. It keeps you out of the wind, and uh, you get a nice place to sleep. Uh, Brent, do you do you find that new teams feel like they need to buy all this other stuff, or do they realize there's some pay-in first? I mean, yeah, I, I we started out small, and the Slab.com, my mom's team, that when they, they really started, it was a smoker in a tent. Uh, it was a Brinkman upright. We still have it actually in our front yard. Um, and I mean, if living in Missouri, if I had a trailer, I'd love it due to the fact that you, it could be, you know, beautiful on Friday and then it could be snowing on Saturday. That's the Missouri weather. Um, and we've been through that actually, surprisingly. But um, I mean, if, if you start out small and you have fun, then yeah, you can definitely build up to that. I would love to build up to that, but you know, it'll happen in due time. Um, but yeah, you could definitely start out small and, uh, you know, easily get some calls. I actually had a buddy, his name was Andrew, uh, skunk river barbecue started out with, uh, his first contest was six cans, a tent and a trailer, like a flatbed trailer. And it was like 20 degrees outside, you know, middle winter, Butler, Missouri, you know, cooked on six cans at a contest for four meats uh, ended up getting three calls, and he's been addicted since. And he's upgraded to a full RV. He has a Jambo now, and they've been going for about f- four years now. So, I mean, definitely starting out small, and then you know, if, once you become successful with that, then yeah, definitely moving up is an easy thing to do. So let's flip it around a little bit and, and look at the event side of things. And Tim, we'll start with you. You know, if I'm going through the event calendar on FBA and, and KCBS, you know, I'm seeing a lot of events, and I can't put a number on a lot of events, but I'm seeing more events this year than I have seen in recent years being canceled. Or uh, so, do you feel that you know the number of teams that show up to a cook is on the low side? Is there something in regards to natural attrition of competitions because? Maybe there's just more competitions, so some are just falling off because others are choosing to go somewhere else, or is there less interest overall in competition barbecue than in years past? I think, I believe there's more interest. I believe the problem lies in the organizer and the organization. Um, now, I can tell you from both sides, I'm a competitor, and I'm on the organizing committee for five, six comps here. Um we formed the Wisconsin Barbecue Posse to help build our comps, Minnesota, Illinois, and the surrounding ones. We built our comps 
by bringing in our teams from neighboring states and by reciprocating and going there and helping them to promote theirs. Our Masters in May comp kicks off our season the first weekend in May. This year was it was August or April 29th, 30th, and May 1st. Four years ago, the first time we ran it, Joe Bielin from Tippecanoe Barbecue came in, pulled in on Friday night with 12 inches of snow on his trailer. Um, the next year, the next day, we had 70. That comp went from 48 teams to a double this year. With I believe we had almost 70 teams at both of them. Green Bay last week or two weeks ago, 70 teams at both of them. Um, I believe that it's got to be promoted. We had one. We had a. We have a comp coming up in two weeks. They called me Thursday. Very good. Very good organizers, but they've had they had some family problems with the death in the family. They got on things late. Didn't realize they never got a state proclamation. It wasn't on the KCBS board. A lot of teams looked at it and walked right by it because it wasn't a state championship. They had nine teams early last week. As of tonight, we've got 25. Wow. You've got to promote. These organizers also got to get some people on their side who are cooks. Uh, you know, if you don't promote it, these people think, oh, wow, look at the big craze in barbecue. We got, uh, we got a, a car show this week, and it's our town fair. Let's throw a barbecue comp. It's all over TV. And they think because you posted on the KCBS website that old thing about if you build it, they will come, and that's not true. Uh, money's tight. you got to talk to these people. And you have to offer something. Uh, we started out, with, like I said, with these comps that paid first and second. You walked in, they gave you a gift bag. You had a state farm insurance can koozie and a, some local pet store gave you dog biscuits and they gave you a white T-shirt. That's really not what I need barbecuing is a white T-shirt. you got to keep that shit. You've got to. I, I believe that if the comps don't start catering to the teams and giving them something, they're all going to fall by the wayside. Um, if you listen to the last show, Travis Clark was on there about our Green Bay comp. We have water and electricity at each, at each trailer. We have garbage pickup almost when the garbage hits the ground, and we provide ice every half hour. I don't need your bag of neighborhood goodies. I, I, what I don't need is to be crawling out of my trailer every hour to turn on a generator because your power fell apart or there's no water. They have to kick up the competition. There are people here who come from a 1,000 miles away for our comps, and we have some comps that they won't come five miles away. you got to offer something. If you're going to charge somebody 250 300 350 bucks, you better be giving them something back. Bill, your thoughts? <laughs> repeat the cat question because because greg I, I got your message there on the online chat and i've been spending the last five freaking minutes trying uh, to figure out how to turn my yeah. video on on the button or anything so no yeah no worries um so i, I said i've been going through the calendar of events and i see it seems like this year more events canceled than i had in years past and, and my thought was is it the fact that a number of teams that show up to cook events is on the low side? Is it like a natural attrition thing because there's just more competition, so people are choosing to go elsewhere, or is there less interest in competition barbecue now than in years past? I think that it has to be a, a win-win. Most of the times in the New England area, anyway, uh, most of the, um, the contests are tied to some sort of fundraising event for some sort of charitable organization, whether it be a Rotary Club, a Fraternal Order Eagles, uh, VFW, um, all kinds of different charitable events. So 
I think that I think some people sometimes people get involved in hosting these barbecue competitions and think that they're going to um, carry the day or in a situation where maybe um, they want to tap into the prize pool. I mean, if they're charging three hundred dollars and there's, uh, you know, uh, th 30 teams that show up, there's nine thousand dollar pool there. And the problem is, I think that maybe they can only give out two or three thousand dollars of prize money, or four thousand dollars. And I think sometimes people get really disinterested in that, especially if it's a. We have a, a lot of automatic uh, qualifiers up here in uh, this area, in Vermont and Maine, and things like that. Sometimes in New Hampshire, that uh, you know, if they get twenty-five co contests, it's an automatic. So anyway, I mean, I, I think that I think that what I believe a successful contest in New England has to be, or in the Northeast anyway, is you have a, the barbecue piece. But you have to have another piece of it that drives revenue, whether it be a, a, a fair, whether it be a, a balloon festival like they do in Rhode Island, um, at a casino like Mohegan Sun. Arlie Bragg does a great event at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. There's a whole lot to do there. Plus, you got a casino and, and you're part of that piece of it. They do an awesome job and they do a lot of people's choice. There's a lot of things that they do to bring people in, plus they throw $25,000 at the prize pool. So I think it has to be a multiple faceted um, type of event where money's being driven or raised in many different avenues. Uh, Brent, your thoughts? My thought is um, definitely not less interest. There's definitely more interest. There's been a lot more teams that I've noticed. Um, the reason that some contests are canceling and that some aren't is because the ones that are canceling are not getting the teams because the bigger teams or most of the teams are going for the bigger prize purse. Um, and I've noticed that a lot lately. I know that there's one contest uh, or there's a handful of contests here in Missouri that have actually had that happen where, you know, they were getting, you know, 80, 90 teams easily. And now they're wondering why are they only getting 32 or 35? Um, I know of one contest that, you know, they easily each year get at least over 100 teams charging 200, 250, and they don't raise the price for us whatsoever. And that's happened, I mean, I'd say the past 10 years that I've put this contest where, you know, it's 200, 250 dollars, they're getting 100, 110 teams, and their prize purse is maybe pushing 3,000, uh, maybe 4,000, if that. Yeah, exactly. They're they're not raising it. They're getting the they have a bunch of sponsors, but they're not raising it. That's why they've actually gone down in teams, but not enough to where the contest is canceling. They were actually at their peak about 130 teams last year. They were at 112. I don't know how many teams are going to have this year, um, but that is what I've noticed is there's you know teams going for the bigger prize purses where you know if you put in 200 250 dollars or maybe even a little bit more, you're getting a lot more and you have the chance to actually get a lot more money. That's what I've noticed. All right, so let me stay with you, Brenna, on that one, and you're kind of talking about it here. Uh, and I had marked out competition payouts, and I think no one is under any impression that there are a lot of teams that will somehow become rich and famous by doing competition barbecue. But with that being said, some of the purses are pretty weak, uh, as you had mentioned. And if you're paying 1200 or 1800 or $2,000 to take part in an event, which is up, you know, considerably than where it was 10 and 15 years ago. Shouldn't a team expect that purses would also increase accordingly? Of course. Yes, I, I agree completely. Like the 112 team contest that I told you about, I was actually, I actually, their prize purse was actually more than I thought, um, or I said that it was more. I 
um, their prize money is actually three thousand nine hundred seventy dollars for one hundred twelve teams. Jesus. Um, and the thing is, it's been like that almost every year, and for the past ten years at least. Um, and what I've noticed is, I just totally forgot the question you asked. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. So I feel as though if you do 200, 250, at least some of that can go more toward prize purses because there was a contest, I'd say, a few, not a few years ago, maybe five or six, St. Louis, where they had this big, huge thing about this huge prize purse. And come to find out, they didn't get as many teams as he thought he would, couldn't, you know, say, couldn't give the money that he said that he was going to, told teams Saturday morning about that, and, you know, the teams can't really stop once they've already cooked all their meat, you know. It's like, that's why KCBS has their rule where they have to, you know, you have to show all this money that you say that you're going to have, and, you know, show this is how much money I'm going to have, and, you know, you're good to go. But... I feel yeah, as though if, your money has to be guaranteed. You're right. Exactly, and and if it's guaranteed, then that's great. If and I feel as though if you know if you get more teams with more prize money and all that, I feel as though the prize money should go up with the more teams that you have. Uh, Tim, do you feel that with the cost increasing or the expense increasing for teams over the years that the payout should be more as well? That that's an expectation. Oh, that definitely. Should be Here, here's how we run ours. At forty, at forty teams, uh, forty-two teams, uh, Masters and May pays out ten grand. At forty-eight teams, eleven five. At fifty-four teams, twelve thousand five hundred. We get it up to around fifteen thousand um, dollars. If you really break down your entry fee, let's take a twenty-five. Let's take a twenty-five, a thirty-team contest to make it easy. Thirty teams at two hundred fifty dollars is going to bring you seventy-five hundred bucks. What comes out of that seventy-five hundred bucks? You got a three hundred fifty-dollar sanctioning fee, seven hundred dollars for your reps, and twelve dollars per team to KCBS. That leaves you a lot of money. But what they're saying is exactly right. You get these guys that want to put on a charity event, and they want you to be the charity, or they want you to—they hand you two pork butts and you cook them, and you hand them in cooked. You don't have to tear them apart or nothing. And they sell tickets to the public for $10 to taste pulled pork and have a beer. And you're the sideshow. And you put 50 teams in there that paid maybe $300, $15,000, and they think you're, they're doing you a favor by giving you a $5,000 uh, purse and 250 150 bucks for your People's Choice stuff you handed in. What he said earlier was right. You need something attached to it and basically make it look like a state fair. You know, you're going to have a stock car race, a car show, a flea market for the ladies, and a barbecue comp. Don't expect your barbecue cooks to support your charity totally. Exactly. Bill, your thoughts? So, well, we do. I'll give you an example, Greg. I don't know if you heard the numbers from last week. Uh, we work hard on our comps here at Green Bay. We had 70 teams, and I think 63 for the second day at Lambeau Field. The teams did pay 300 to $350 for a spot. But they were all 40 to 50-foot spots, whatever you needed. They all had electric and 30-amp electric and water at their site. And that means a lot because now everybody's got trailers. You know, I, I, I love a Sam's contest. 
I don't like running my generator for 24 hours because it's inadequate power, and I sure as hell don't like carrying 20-gallon kegs on a hand cart to the store and filling them with a hose <laughs> and a transfer pump. You know, But yeah. campgrounds and a site like that works great. We didn't take any money out of the purse, out of the purse money for the charity Golden House. We held raffles. Myron Mixon donated a smoker. He donated extra money. We got large sponsors, Snake River Farms and stuff like that. By The contest was over on Sunday, and Monday at noon we announced that we got that charity $200,000. Wow. And if you ask, or if you saw the last segment, I begged Travis Clark to come up here for two years. We had four of the top five teams in the country, and I guarantee you everyone's going to be back and be the first signed up. And, I might even sign up. It, we had a kid's queue. We had a backyard competition where they donated green egg, donated us 20 eggs, and then sold them with the excess after they were seasoned by our backyard cooks for $300 less than uh, than cost. Um, it, it, was a, it was a great contest. We do the same thing at Masters of May. We had Myron mixing up here for four days for Masters of May and May. We had a grilled cheese contest, but and that was also for a charity. And, and it, they're exactly right. Put something else with it, and let us put on our sideshow. Bill, your thoughts on spending two thousand and you know having an overall purse of twenty five hundred bucks? Yeah, uh, we don't do them. Um, we get invited. <laughs> we we get invited to them all the time. Um, there's a very, there's a small amount that we do that um, doesn't meet. If they don't have a two thousand dollar prize pool for a grand champion, um, you know two thousand dollars going to the GC, I won't even look at it. Um, but there are a few that I may do, like $1,500 right around there. And the only reason why is an automatic to the Jack and the Royal. So uh, some of the teams around here go go do it, and we get the 25 teams out. So we'll go ahead and do it. I, I bite my lip, and I know this is pretty much a charitable donation when I do them. But uh, we try to keep our um, those type of contests to a minimum because we, we want to be able to be in a position to uh, at least, uh, um, you know, match our match our expense if we, if we do win. So... All right, Bill, uh, let's stay with you. Uh, we're, we're rapidly coming to the end of our second hour here, so uh, let me open it up for promo time. Uh, whatever next cook, if you're selling anything, whatever, uh, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, we don't sell anything, but our next cook is this weekend at the Harpoon Brewery in Ooh. Vermont. Uh, we and It's a great event. We have, uh, we're going to be vending. Uh, it's one of the few events where we actually get to vend and make some money back and actually reduce our expenses. So we usually do about $2,000 uh, for the weekend and vending uh, pulled pork and beef short ribs and uh and we have a pool chicken that we do, so we, we, it's a fun time. I also want to give a shout-out to my teammates, Mike Gilpin, Mike McGinnis, my wife, Julie, and uh, my uh, and our one of our teammates. Is, uh, his name is Brian Martin. He's now the state commander for the uh, Massachusetts VFW, and he's off this year doing what he has to do for the VFW and our military. And uh, um, thank you, Brian, for your service, and, uh, and uh, we miss you. All right, that's uh, Bill Minahan from Q and a Half Men. Uh, Brent Richardson, uh, promo time for you. Uh, I just want to say shout out to Ben Lang Smokers, theslabs.com for sure, um, Sweet Beaver Barbecue, um, Smoke Me Barbecue Wood, Royal Oak Charcoal. Uh, I want to thank my barbecue partner, Austin Hall, uh, Lauren Coleman. Our next contest is actually going to be Shawnee Great Grillers, uh, end of September. It's our 10 year contest. Uh, we started this one out in 2006, and we've been—that was our first contest ever. 
And um, I also want to give a shout-out to my Aunt Val, who also helps Valerie Wilson and my whole family. And I want to thank you, Greg, for having me on for sure. And uh, our newest sponsor, Pokemon Go, for sure. <laughs> Look at this guy. Always with the Pokemon. Uh, hey, Greg, one more yeah. thing from, from Bill Menahan. I also want to give a shout-out to Patrick Paquette. Grand champion this past weekend at Old Orchard Beach. That's this right. guy's on fire! That's right. I was I was wearing his shirt, but it affected the green screen, so I actually had to take the shirt off. So I apologize, Patrick, for that. Uh, Tim Shop, Tim's Full Belly Deli. Promo time for you. Uh, Got to start off with the BarbecueSuperstore.com, Beck's Meats, Myron Mixon Smokers, Compart Family Pork, Freeman Brothers Barbecue Sauce and Gold Line Rubs, uh, my teammates, my kid Adam, Bob and Deanna Shem, and of course the glue Diana. Our next comp is at uh, Barn, Birdie's Barnyard Bash, brand new comp. It's at a 150, 165 year old farmstead turned into a winery. It's going to be a little gourmet comp with only 16, 17 teams the first year. The women on Friday night get to go to the winery and spend three hours drinking wine and eating gourmet chocolates and hors d'oeuvres. And uh should be a pretty good time, and I want to thank you, Greg, for having me on. All right. It's uh, Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli, Bill Minahan from Q&A-Half Men, Brent Richardson from Slabs of Approval. One Gentlemen, more. what's that? One more shout-out, Greg. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kansas City Barbecue Store and Joe's Kansas City. also forgot to shout them out as well. All right. Gentlemen, I appreciate the time and continued success to each and every one of you. We will talk to you down the barbecue trail. There they are. Look at these guys. Tim Shop, Bill Minahan, Brent Richardson. I always think like an hour is not is going to be like way too much time. It's never enough time. It's never enough time. I don't know what to say about that. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Longest running sponsor of the show. Maybe you're like me, a busy working pro. You don't have time to set around 10 pit temperatures. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're uh, busy running around with kids, doing errands, all that good stuff. Here's a device that lets you throw on a pork butt, a couple slabs of ribs, or all of that, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. I would go to thebbqguru.com and check out all their products if I were you. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or visit thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Uh, We're back to wrap the show in about five seconds. Stick around. Be right back. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Closing it out. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges. Also available for a pit barrel cooker, by the way. Barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. 
To find products from Unknown Smoker Accessories, keep your gear where it needs to be. At arm's length and ready for battle, visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. Use discount code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E. Get 10% off your entire order. That's discount code REMPE for 10% off your entire order. All right? All right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue Hall of Famer, prolific barbecue cookbook author, TV show host, cooking class instructor. Then we talked with Richard Parker from Barbecue Superstore, thebbqsuperstore.com. Ivy Kewen at the Barbecue Superstore about his win at the South Bend, Indiana Sam's Club this past weekend. He's moving on to Madison, Wisconsin, and then hopefully to Bentonville a little bit later in the year. And then in the second hour, Bill Minahan, Brent Richardson, Tim Shop talking about the cost of competition barbecue present day. Lots of great information there. If you missed it, get it all on podcast. It'll be up in about 50 minutes or so. Big show lined up for next week. The best of show, because I'll be off in York, PA, for what is almost the last softball tournament of the season. And then I'll be back in better than ever. Uh, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.